The Napoleonic Invasion, the Yanomami Controversy. As a summer of love was winding down, and Jane Goodall's first reports of chimpanzee warfare were exploding into public consciousness, Napoleon Chagnon suddenly became the world's most famous living anthropologist with the publication of Yanomamo, The Fierce People. The year 1968 was a good one to come out with a dashing anthropological adventure, yarn claiming to prove that warfare is ancient and integral to human nature. The year began with the revolution in Prague and the TET offensive in Vietnam. Martin Luther King Jr.'s worst dream came true in Memphis. Robert Kennedy was felled in a hotel kitchen and blood and chaos ran in the streets of Chicago. Richard Nixon slinked into the White House Charles Manson and his lost followers plotted mayhem in the dry hills above Malibu. And the Beatles put the final touches on the White Album. The year ended with three American astronauts, for the first time ever, gazing back upon this fragile blue planet floating in eternal silence, praying for peace. Given all that, Perhaps it's not surprising that Shagnon's account of the sh chronic warfare of the innately violent Yanomami struck a public nerve. Desperate to understand the human murder's murderousness, the public lapped up his depictions of the day-to-day -day brutality of people he described as our contemporary ancestors. Now, in its fifth edition, Yanomamo the Fierce People is still the, the all-time bestseller in anthropolo anthropology with millions of copies sold to university students alone. Shagnon's books and films have figured prominently in the education of several generations of anthropologists, most of whom accepted his claims to have demonstrated the inherent ferocity of our species. But Shagnon's research should be approached with caution, as he employs a host of dubious techniques. Ferguson found, for example, that Shagnon conflates common murder with war in his statistics, as does Pinker in his discussion of the Djibouti but more importantly, Shagnon fails to account for the effects of his own disruptive, rather Hemingway-esque presence among the people he studied. According to Patrick Tierney, author of Darkness in El Dorado, quote, the wars that made Shagnon and the Yanomami famous, the ones he wrote about with such relish in the fierce people, 
began in November 14, 1964, the same day the anthropologist arrives with his shotgun's outboard motor and a canoe full of steel goods at giveaway, unquote. Tierney cites Chagnon's own doctoral thesis, showing that in the 13 years prior to his arrival, no Namue, a large branch of the Yanomami, had been killed in warfare. But during his 13-month residence among them, 10 Yanomami died in a conflict between the Namue and the Patano Watery, another branch. Kenneth Good an anthropologist who first went to live with the Yanomami is one of Shagnon's graduate students and stayed on for 12 years. Described Shagnon as a hit-and-run anthropologist who comes into villages with armloads of machetes to purchase cooperation for his research. Unfortunately, wrote Good, he correlates, rather he creates conflict and division wherever he goes. Part of Shagnon's disruptiveness no doubt resulted from his blustery, macho self-conception, but his research goals may have been an even bigger source of problems. He wanted to collect genealogical information from the Yanomami. This is a tricky proposition, to say the least, given that the Yanomami consider it disrespectful to speak names out loud. Naming the dead requires breaking one of the strongest taboos in their culture. Juan Finkers, who lived among them for 25 years, says, To name the dead among the Yanomami is a grave insult, a motive of division, fights, and wars. Anthropologist Marshall Salins described Shagnon's research as an absurdist anthropological project, trying to work out ancestor-based lineages among a people who, by taboo, could not know, could not trace, and could not name their ancestors, or for that matter, could not bear to hear their own names. Shagnon dealt with his host's taboo by playing one village off against another. In his own account, he began taking advantage of local arguments and animosities and selecting my informants, traveling to other villages to check the genealogies, picking villages that were on strained terms with the people about whom I wanted information. I would then return to my base camp and check with local informants and accuracy, the accuracy of the new information. If the informants became angry when I mentioned the new names I acquired from the unfriendly group, I was almost all, I was almost certain that the information was accurate. I occasionally hit a name that put the informant into a rage, such as that of a dead brother or sister that other informants had not reported. To recap, number one, our hero swashbuckles into Yanomami lands, bringing machetes, axes, and shotguns he presents to a few select groups, thereby 
creating disruptive power imbalances between groups. Number two, he detects and aggravates pre-existing tensions between communities by goading them to disrespect each other's honored ancestors and dead loved ones. Number three, inflaming the situation further, Shagnon reports the offenses he's provoked, using the resulting rage to confirm the validity of his genealogical data. Number four, having thus inflicted and salted the Yanomami's wounds, Shagnon sallies forth to seduce the American public with tales of daring do among the vicious and violent quote-unquote savages. The word anthro has entered the vocabulary of the Yanomami. It signifies, quote, a powerful non-human with deeply disturbed tendencies and wild eccentricities, rather, eccentricities, unquote. Since 1995, Shagnon has been legally barred from returning to the lands of the Yanomami. When anthropologist Leslie Sponsel lived among the Yanomami in the mid-1970s, he saw no warfare. Just one physical fight and heard a few loud marital disputes. Quote, to my surprise, writes Sponsel, people in my village and three neighboring villages were simply nothing like the fierce peoples described by Shagnon. Unquote. Sponsel had brought along a copy of Shagnon's book, with its photos of fighting Yanomami warriors as a way to explain the wor- sort of work he was doing. Quote, Although some of the men were absorbed by the pictures, he writes, I was asked not to show them to the children as they provided examples of undesirable behavior. These Yanomami, Sponsel concluded, did not value fierceness in any positive way. For his part, in over a decade living among them, Good witnessed a single outbreak of war. He cut his association with Shagnon eventually, having concluded the emphasis on Yanomami violence was quote-unquote, contrived and distorted. Good later wrote that Shagnon's book had blown the subject out of any sane proportion, arguing that what he had done was tantamount to saying that New Yorkers were muggers and murderers. <laughs>